future is Mecca. In the previous episode, you and your squat Mecca acquitted yourselves well. Good work, baby. Good night, Pilot Pricer. A tingle ran up my spine. It knew my name. Why was that making me grin? Could your father be working for this Collective 23? By the way, there's never been an ultra-heavy drone crash. Hide all the noodle tubs and do a quick tidy. Some people from group are coming over. Dad shuffled aside and into the doorway stepped Davor. Praxit, this is Minky. Minky, this is Praxit. Say hey, Prax. Hey. Her smile got even wider. It made her look nervous and kind of tired. Why would she be nervous about meeting some kid? It's so nice to meet you at last. Your dad is always talking about what a simlord you are. Global tier, right? Yeah, I guess. You must be very talented. My son goes to 5482. I bet you know each other. She ducked her head behind dad and gestured into the hall. Come on, hon. Come and say hey. Come on. Oh, great. I wasn't the only kid dragged into this awkward situation. Why do parents do this to their kids? Always forcing them to talk to people and say hey and all that business. Dad shuffled aside, and into the doorway stepped Davor. He glared at me. I glared right back at him. His mother poked him in the arm. Say hey to Praxit. Hey. Hey, I said. What else was I going to do? Dad was giving me his what's going on face and looking back and forth between me and Davor. So, do you two know each other? He said. Yeah, we know each other, I said. Excellent. You two chat, said Minky. Panda and I will go pour coffee and wait for the food drone. She smiled at me. We ordered Moroccan. Panda said you loved couscous. Davor loves it too. They moved out of the room around Davor. The two of us just hung there, stiff as panels, not moving, staring at each other. Why are you going to group? I said. I couldn't think of anything else. Why do you think? Because my mother makes me. No, I mean... What I felt I had to ask. The answer was plain to see, but I couldn't not ask it. Who did you lose on the Apolluna? My dad, isn't it obvious? I lost my mother and my sister. It's not a competition. No, it just sucks. It totally sucks. The incident, the terrible incident that pretty much ruined my life, and my dad's life, and I guess Davor's and his mom's, was the Apolluna incident. The Apolluna was a space cruiser. It was the biggest and the most luxurious of the cruisers moving between Earth orbit, the moon, and the Lagrange point beyond the moon. There are other ships making longer cruises, great big orbits out towards Mars and the asteroid belt that take a month or two, but they were smaller and for people who wanted to really get away, a long way away. The Apolluna was like a luxury hotel with thrusters. Imagine a giant metal cylinder with a skin covered mostly in giant portholes. Everyone had a view of the Earth, the Moon, the stars. They had shuttlecraft so you could drop from orbit down to any of the lunar cities. Or you could just hang out. There was plenty to do on there, if you believed the Advers. There have been thousands and thousands of cruises by dozens of ships, 
without mishaps beyond the rare micrometeorite puncture. Astronomers, especially the ones working for Glerk, had supposedly mapped out and tracked every object in our orbit bigger than a Hall drone. The object that collided with the Apolluna wasn't in our orbit. Going by its path and its velocity, it was an interstellar object passing through our solar system, almost perpendicular to the plane the planets orbited in. It had been huge, dark, and moving at incredible speed. Later size estimates put it at 50 kilometers across. The Apolluna had been 400 meters long. The impact vaporized the ship, my mother, my sister, and the other 7,000 men, women, and children on it. The collision was seen only by a few automated instruments. It was just a flash, a blip at the edge of their sensors. It was such a freak accident that for hours it was thought the silence from the ship was a technical fault in the communication system. The nearest ship redirected to its planned course found nothing, not a trace of them. The first news streams claimed sabotage, then a fuel explosion. It took a few days for the truth to be worked out. The story went it had stopped communications, and the streams went crazy with talk about space pirates, even though there was no such thing. Another popular theory is one of the failed states grabbed the ship for hostages, like they could get into space. After two days of it disappearing, a technician found that blip on the sensor, and it really was just a small flash at the edge of a dark image. Tiny, like a single pixel flaring. With that scant bit of information, Glerk was able to find and track the interstellar object, but it was already leaving our solar system. It was moving so fast the sun's gravity couldn't drag it into even the loosest orbit. It wasn't ever coming back. There was so much talk about the odds of it happening. Decimal points followed by strings and strings of zeros, and then a one. It was so impossible, but it still happened to us. My mother and sister were on the ship because there was a big scientific conference happening on it, and my mom was presenting her latest research results. She took my sister because it was almost her birthday, and Lyrica had a standing invitation to dance with the moon's top low grav squad. Was your dad part of the conference too? I asked Davor. I had sat down on the edge of the seat in the Simrig. He was sitting on the floor next to the door, his back against the wall. He was crew, second mate. He handled navigation and docking for the Apolluna. What'd your mother do? She was a scientist. She designed metals and alloys and stuff. What was your sister doing on the cruise? They visited Lunar 4 so she could do some low-grav dance workshops. I've seen some of her dreams. She was good. This was a rig. A Series 15? You really sim in a 15? I thought you said that in the interview just to be cool. I wasn't going to tell him that the only reason I had a Series 15 was because we haven't been able to afford to upgrade since the incident. I'm kind of used to it. Don't know if I'll ever upgrade. There wasn't much to say after that. We were both silent. I was twisting the arm proths. Davor was staring at the floor between us. What was your dad's name? Marlon. Do you remember him? Bits. I think it's mostly what I've seen in dreams and streams Mom had recorded. Yeah, same. I don't like looking at pictures of my mom or Lyrica. What's your mom's name? Saying it made my chest want to cave in and squeeze out of my eyes. Yasmina. 
Food's on the table. Dad called from the kitchen. Eating was awkward. I was sitting across from Davor. Dad was sitting across from Minky, and she kept smiling at him. The conversation was weird. Everyone was weird. Then it got worse. So, are you two in any streams together? said Minky. We both shook our heads. But you know each other. We both nodded our heads. Did Minky know her son was a popper? Did she even know what a popper was? Did he tell her when he got his mecha block that it was all an accident? Because of his simming, Praxit's pretty well known at the learning place, said Dad. And he got his name up on the stream board last week. Oh, good for you, Praxit, said Minky. I felt my face and top of my ears burning. Dad was totally boasting about me and I didn't deserve it. When it comes out I cheated. Oh, I wanted to slide under the table. And he tried out for Mechros last week. Did you get in? No, said Davor. It was a complete wipeout. My Mecha was having problems. That little greenish one out on the stand, she said, pointing with her fork in its direction. It's certainly an interesting looking Mecha. Davor's really well known too, I said. Davor kicked me under the table. Is he? He never told me that. How come? I guess she didn't know he was a pauper. Or she was pretending to be ignorant. Minky was smiling, a fork full of couscous hanging in the air, waiting for my answer. No, she wasn't expecting me to tell her son was a bully, a thug who attacked people. He kicked me again. Ah, oh, his fashion sense, I said. The black clothes. Him and his friends love them. And the loud music with the screaming. When I was in the learning place, I used to wear all black all the time, said Dad. Really? said Minky. And listen to Scream Scar. No, Panda! That was the worst music, she said with way too much delight. You think? What music were you into? said Dad. Pony Beat. I loved, loved Black and the Beauties. Dad groaned. Oh, I remember that stuff. We called it Clop Clop. That was the worst music. They both laughed. I rolled my eyes at Davor. He just glared straight ahead, jamming his food in his mouth. An ultra-heavy crashed in front of our house on Friday, I said, trying to change the subject and get Dad and Minky to stop giggling at each other. It kind of looks like it might have even hit our front yard. Davor snickered. Oh, please. If an ultra-heavy crashed, it would have been all over the streams. It wasn't on the streams, said Dad. That's surprising. Our neighbors across the street lost a window to a fragment and there's still flakes of carbon fiber and graphene on the street. Did you see the crash? said Davor. We came home and was being cleared up by a service team, I said. A service team? Right, said Davor. He was smirking at me like I was an idiot. They wouldn't let us into the street until they were done, said Dad. If you didn't see it crash, and it wasn't on the streams, then maybe it never happened, he said like he was explaining it to a child. Minky pointed her fork at Davor. Dav, stop being annoying. It's rude and we're guests. After eating, Dad and Minky sat in the living area, drinking yet more coffee and admiring the backyard. Davor and I ended up back in the room with the rig in the same positions. I should have told your mother you're a pauper for what you guys did to Azalea. You started it, scratching my mecca. I told you, I didn't do it. He laughed. 
You're such a liar. What else are you lying about? Have you been cheating on The Sims? For the last time. I'm not lying. How could I have scratched it? Still lying. Anu showed me the feed from the stand cameras. Your stupid mecha fell back onto mine. Anu? What? Why would he do that? What else did he tell him? Well, you've gone quiet. Where are your lies now? It wasn't my fault. That stupid mecha... That, that mecha was having calibration issues. Then you shouldn't have brought it into the stand. You were the pilot. It's your fault. I thought I could handle it. Because you're a sim lord? Sims aren't real life, Neef. You need to spend more time out of that rig. Look, I'm sorry, okay? I didn't mean to. A bit late for that. No one scratches my mecha and gets away with it. I scratched it even worse on Saturday, and that was totally your fault for attacking us. That was a fight, not some sniveling accident. I don't care about it. It was ten minutes with a can of body paint. But scratching my mecha and lying about it, I'm not forgiving that. I just apologized. You had to, and it's not enough. Not enough? What more do you want? Davor stood up and loomed over me. You hit my mecha. You gotta let me hit you. One hit, wherever I want, as hard as I want. Then we're even. No, I'm not gonna let you hit me. He raised his right hand like he was about to slap me. Then he curled the fingers into a fist. You better not, I said, bringing up the arm proths to block the blow. Coward. It's just physical pain. It goes away. He sat back down against the wall. I don't want your dad seeing my mom. Me neither. Why? What's wrong with my mom? She's not mine. Your dad's nothing special either. Scream, Scar. <laughs> Probably shouldn't leave them alone. When they finally left, Dad made me come out and say goodbye with him. Minky piloted a silver Metro mech. Metro mechs are just fancy basic mechs. It was kind of weird she colored her hair the same as her mecha. That's a kid fashion. Before he climbed up his mecha, I saw Davor bend over and pick up a glittering fragment from the street. He turned it over and over, studying it. When he glanced back and saw me watching him, he scowled, threw it away, and climbed up his mecha. I was in bed with the lights out, messaging Azalea and Koda about Davor's visit on my mini-tab, when Dad came and leaned in my doorway. I got the impression that you and Davor aren't friends. We're not. How not friends are you two? I put down my mini-tab. Azalea just sent along, What? Followed by a line of question marks. Koda asked if he'd been civil. He's a pauper, Dad. He's only friends with the other paupers. Really? Didn't you see his mecha? His black mecha with spikes sticking out of the cockpit protector? I thought that was just a fashion thing. I had wristbands with spikes when I was a learner. Black, spikes, eyeliner. It's just kids being kids. Kids being kids? More like kids being thugs. I told him what they had done to Marika. Popping her cockpit, pushing her into a hole. And you know what Dad said? It's probably been hard for him. Losing his father. I wanted to say, what about me? What about how hard it's been for me losing my mother and my sister? I wanted to yell at him. What about our loss? Why was he worrying about other people? Because that's what he did. But could he not worry about Davor? He went to bed and I went back to messaging. 
Turns out Coda somehow knew about Davor's father. They do share a stream table. Then he sent a double blow. Next month, it'll be seven years since. My father says the Apolluna will be marked officially lost. Perhaps your father feels it is time to move on. I'm not going to lie. That made the tears flow. My mini-tab kept beeping with incoming messages. I set it to silent. When I stopped crying, I went to the window to look at the city. Seeing all those lights, that giant glowing proof of life, always made me feel better. It worked tonight, too. And the baby? Well, I didn't feel the need to glare at it. I felt even a bit of warmth towards this stupid, ugly thing. The moon was visible tonight. Three quarters full and most of the way up the sky. I never liked looking at the moon, because when I see it, it's like I can feel where the incident happened. I can feel some distance behind it there's a spot in space filled with needles. And at the same time I can feel the thing that hit the Apolluna. It's always under my feet. Far, far under my feet, moving away fast, but always underfoot like an ache. An incoming Glurk drop shipment flared into visibility to the left of the city. It was joined by another. Then more and more streaks of light appeared in the dark sky. Dozens of bright streaks. I had never seen so many. It looked beautiful. I stayed at the window until their landing engines cut in. Blue lines of flame, slowing them until the heat flaring from their re-entry cooled down through the spectrum. White, yellow, orange, red, and faded away. The engine flames resembled cold columns of light, like a piece of lightning, carefully aimed, falling without thought towards the earth. They disappeared behind the dark fringe of sink trees to where the drop pads waited. Good morning, Pilot Craxon. That was the best thing about Tuesday. The baby knew my name now. It was all pretty ordinary after that. The kids were still laughing at my mecca on the walk to school, but at least they weren't passing me anymore. I was passing them. It wasn't quite smooth. It was more like a case of tremors than a case of earthquakes. I mecked into the stand and I could see Azalea having a face-off with the mechross heads. She pointed at me as I came in, and the players, of course it was Tien and Ainsley and Risto, I could see them laughing. They had walked off by the time I demecked. They think it's funny you're going to try out again tomorrow, said Azalea. I told them they wouldn't be laughing. Am I really going to try out again? Look at your walking! Of course you are! It's still shaky, and it's not running, and I haven't been doing anything with the arms yet. Don't worry, you beat them. At lunch, I stayed out of the baby. Azalea and her Malay squad were practicing, and Coda convinced a lot of kids to join the weave he was working on. I sat on the edge of the orange danger zone and watched the action on the free mech side of the field, sending my friends the occasional message, scrolling through the shares and pretending not to watch the Mechross team in their new red and white colors practicing passing on the other half of the field. Because I wasn't in a mecha, I couldn't hear what Coach Otter was shouting at them, but I could see him waving the arms of the bulk handler mecha around and pointing giant fingers at the players. I figured one of the hardback rangers wasn't listening because he sent the Mechross ball bouncing off its cockpit. I hoped it was Risto. Both Anu and Davor had seemed pretty convinced that ultra-heavy drones don't crash. Probably because they'd never seen one. A quick search of the news streams didn't show any mention of the crash in our street on Friday. Or any crash ever. That was weird. And worse, it meant Davor was right about it not showing up in the streams. 
I searched for shares posted from near my street on the night. Nothing. I searched for shares tagged hashtag crash. Nothing. I could remember people standing around with their mini-tabs pointing at the cleanup as it happened. You'd think one of them would have shared it. An ultra-heavy crashing in a residential street should be big news and be all across the streams and the shares, right? Where was Anu anyway? I wanted to ask why the CO2 did he tell Davo I scratched his mecca? When I returned home after learning and the baby was lowering me to the ground, Hernan from across the street came over, followed by his Dalmatian pig. Hey Praxit, did you take any pics of the crash? He asked, while the pig snuffled at my bag, looking for food, I guess. No, I don't think Dad did either. CO. Excuse the language. We're trying to get insurance to pay for the window, and all the pics on our mini-tabs are just gone, and I can't find any shares. Did you ask Mr. Lau? I gave the pig a scratch on its back. He wasn't home. No one was home, and no one has any pictures. Come on, Gordito, back home. Thanks anyway, Prax. That night I spent a bit of time simming in Mech Cross Masters. I started in a hardback ranger, swapped to a sturdy mech, and then a basic mech, but nothing felt like the baby. They all ran smoothly and responded directly to every move I made. That didn't help at all. There was no other option. I climbed out of the rig and went outside of the baby. The practice I needed could only be done in its cockpit. Arm up, arm down, arm in, arm out. Reach, curl, reach, curl. Wave the left, wave the right. Left slap, right slap. Left jab, right jab. Punch. Punch. Hook. Uppercut. Okay, you can't do that in Metcross. And you have to remember, I did all of those in slow motion, saying things like, straighten the wrist, bring up the elbow, twist the hips. It was nowhere near as exciting, dynamic, or violent as it sounded. I didn't have a Metcross stick, so I improvised with a sink tree from the ones growing behind the mecha pad. The one Baby had collided with was about the right thickness at the top. With the trunk in the baby's left hand, and the right hand just above it, the baby snapped off the top like I would snap a basic breadstick. Another snap trimmed it to the right length, and a single sweep of the hand stripped off the bark and branches. It reminded me of ripping Davor's clout out of his mecha's grip on Saturday. With a chunk of tree I could practice some passes. It wasn't great. It was harder than walking, because the two arms were doing two completely different things and had to do them quickly. Dad rolled up on his motorbike while I was at it. I opened the canopy to say, hey. Did you break off one of our trees? Was the first thing he said. Wasn't he happy to see me? It was already broken. How did a sink tree get broken? Uh, the uh, baby ran into yeah, it yeah, yeah. last week? <laughs> you mean you ran into it? It really needed calibrating. And what's with the tree? You're not going to fight Davor, are you? Am I going to fight Davor? I wanted to say, too late, Dad. We already had a fight, and he wants to punch me, so we're probably going to end up fighting again. But instead, I said, no, I'm practicing for Mechross. Trying out again? Yeah. Good for you. It was hard getting out of bed Wednesday morning. Not only had I stayed up late hitting my repeater, I'd followed that with way too much bucket of kittens. I was reaching levels I had never seen before, all to avoid thinking about the tryout. I could barely keep my eyes open when I shut off the screen and slid it under my pillow. I fell asleep straight away, 
only to have a Macross nightmare where everyone was in giant construction mechas, and I was in nothing, on my own two feet, running around trying not to get squashed. At least I had clothes on in the dream. Dad had left early, so there's no one to force me out of bed. Except Azalea. So many messages. The last one? I'm coming over. You better be up when I get there. That got me up. I didn't want Azalea dragging me through the house by my hair or my ear or whatever she could grab. Why are you doing this? I called up to her when I came out the front door. She had the canopy up and was leaning on the edge of her cockpit. It's tryout day! How could I forget? I was just running late. Dad didn't wake me up before he left, I said. Okay, that last part was a lie. He always makes sure I'm awake before he leaves. And while I'm being honest, the second part was a lie too. I hadn't been running late. I'd been running, not going to do it. But I couldn't let Azalea down. Funny that. I didn't care what the whole learning place thought about the tryout. And I could deal with Coda going, Oh well, friend, there's always next time. But Azalea's looks of disappointment? They were worse than a hundred arm punches. Your shortness is your advantage, said Azalea over group comms as we mecked along the ring road commuter lane. If you can stay down low, they'd have trouble knocking you over or even knocking you off your path. Hardvac rangers are pretty strong, I said, and there's going to be at least three of them attacking me. You're not going to outrun them, and you're not going to jet over them, so you need to stay low and push past them. Even a basic mech would give me a better chance. Calibrating, said the baby. How about calibrating up a couple extra meters and hide or some basic jets, I replied. They didn't have anything to say to that. At the learning place stand, we piled ourselves next to Jaya's and Lashana's mechas. The baby looked so pitiful next to the three yogi mechs. They were tall, slender, brightly painted in geometric patches of yellow, red, and blue. While the baby was short, fat, and moon-awful greeny-brown. It was like a mud puddle at a fashion show. Then Coda mecked up and stood his bright white Nova Leet next to the baby. Did I say mud puddle? Now it looked like something Mr. Snork would leave in Azalea's yard. Same lumpiness, similar color. I'm so looking forward to your tryout, said Coda as we walked towards the steps. And so is most of the learning place. I might have overshared about that, said Azalea. She gave a big, fake, guilty grimace that was all teeth and really a smile. Kind of like Dad's fake smile. And again, I couldn't get angry, but this time because it was funny and there's no stopping her. Only because I want to see you beat that toxic Risto and kick him off the team, she said. Him or Tien, I said, getting excited about the possibilities. She's almost as bad. You talking about me, Dim Lord? said a voice behind us. It was Tien. She was with Burko, Kai, and Ainsley, all of them in their new uniform of white and red t-shirts and white and red hair. The red undercut made Burko's face look pinker than normal. Or maybe he was just angry. Maybe they were all angry. I felt like Mechross players spent a lot of time being angry. Or was that just around me? Yeah, we're talking about you, said Azalea, turning around to face Tien. We're talking about the tryout, how practice is going to knock you off your feet and off the team. The stream bell went, but everyone ignored it. Tien put her hand to her cheek and opened her mouth and eyes wide. The little dimwad is going to knock me down? In his little bitty mecca? I'm so scared. She dropped the act and jutted her chin out at Azalea. The only one getting knocked down is him. Again. This time he's not leaving in one piece. We're going to rip his fat head off, shouted Burko. 
Strong words from the weakest player, said Coda. Berko lunged at him and Coda danced over behind Azalea. You will be the one kicked off when he makes the team, said Coda over her shoulder. Won't be me, said Berko. It'll be Kai. She's just a defender. Hey, said Kai and grabbed Berko by the shirt. A better defender than you're an attacker, said Coda. Go spin in a field, shiny weave boy, said Berko, trying to push Kai away and getting her hands off his shirt. Let go of me. Kai, those shirts are like brand new, said Tien. You heard what he said, said Kai. Tien stepped in to break them apart. We walked away, up the steps. Azalea couldn't resist having the last word. Gentle with the shirt. Praxit's gonna need it later. I'm not sure I can see you with team hair, said Coda as we split up to go to our streams. My friends had a lot more confidence in my tryout than I did. During stream, Jumana and Van only wanted to talk about the tryout and how much they didn't like anyone on the Mekros team. Oswin came over to our table during the break to talk about it too. He gave me a big chunk of his nut bar, which was surprisingly generous of him. Do you really think you'd do it, Neef? Last week he just fell over, he said. He was knocked over, said Jumana, and sky dropped, said Van. I shrugged. I'm going to try. Oswin was unimpressed. I'd rather watch you in Rock Dog anyhow, he said and went back to his table. When stream ended, everyone rushed for their mechas. Everyone except me. They all wanted to get to the field and have a good view to watch and record their shares. I just wanted to skip the whole thing. I stopped on the empty stairs and was just standing there, thinking about last week's tryout. And the baby, and facing seven hardvac rangers when I had no jets and my walking was still wonky compared to their smooth, trained movements. I played to win. This was going to be playing to not lose too badly in front of the entire learning place and whoever else in the world would see the shares, and I did not like it at all. A heavy hand came down on the back of my neck and forced me down the stairs. No hiding, dim lord. It was toxic Risto. His fingers tightened on the sides of my neck. You're going to kick one of us off the team today, remember? He shook me as we stepped out into the main hall. The only one getting kicked is... He let go of my neck and stumbled past me, pushed by Azalea, who had his ear in one hand and his left arm twisted up behind his back. She put a foot in the small of his back and letting go, rammed him down the hall. He didn't fall over, but he stumbled away. I should report you, said Azalea. I should report you, said Risto. He got himself back together. He straightened his shirt and his hair, pulled his bag back up onto his shoulders. I was just making sure he showed up after all his big talk. It was my big talk, and of course he's showing up. Right, Prax? I rubbed my neck. I'll be there. Not for long, said Risto. He made a bursting motion with his fingers. Doosh, he said and walked away. I wish he was the worst player on the team, said Azalea, but I think he's just the worst person. And the competition for that role is fierce, I said. Azalea and Coda met with me from the stands to the field. The halfway line imprinted in the permaturf that separated Mechros practice from freemaking was swarming with mechas standing and hovering as high as their jets were allowed to raise them. As we crossed the orange permaturf of the danger zone, an excited babble of voices flooded group comms. No one cared last time, I said. No one knew last time, said Azalea. Most people only saw your tryout as a share. Now they want to witness the comedy in real time, I said. Or witness you outplay the Mechros team, said Coda. It's win-win for the audience. As long as they get their shares, I feel like it's lose-lose for me. And look, someone even brought a Veery drone, I said. 
as a drone with a distinctive multi-lens camera used to capture three-dimensional video used in Veeries came down to hang in front of us. This one's mine, said Coda. I brought it for my weave, but as you know, why not your tryout? The players were involved in a passing game while Coach Otto watched from way up in the cockpit of the bulk handler mecha. I'm back for another tryout, Coach, I said. The giant mecha turned and looked down at me. I heard you're coming back. Look at all those mechas on the line. He stopped to yell at them. Hey, off the field. Yeah, you, orange and yellow. Back behind the line. Was that Oswin in a basic mech? The orange and yellow mecha backed up into us behind the line and standing next to a blue sturdy mech. Maybe Jumanas? You're turning my practice into a circus. I don't like it either. I'm just here to try out. Fine. They're not going to take it easy on you this time. He held out a Mechros stick. I took it from the giant hand. Compared to last week, everything was going smoothly so far. I had the Mechros stick in the proper two-handed grip and was ready to go onto the field. Coach Otter called on the team. Tryout time. Everyone into the middle. You too, green guy. Coda and Azalea called out good luck. I stepped onto the field. Jets on the line, said the baby. I thought I was hearing things. Repeat that? Jets on the line. Praxit, said Coda over group comms. I don't understand how, but some rather large jet ports just open on the back of your legs. The baby's got jets, shouted Azalea. I kept walking across the field. The baby had jets? The baby had jet ports on the back of its legs? I'd looked. I'd kicked the back of those legs. Maybe they're like the hidden handholds on Coda's Novalite. I just hadn't kicked in the right spot. But where were they last week? Calibrating, I bet. This was going to change everything. One more feature is Mecca? And want it sooner? Visit patreon.com slash feature is Mecca.